This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. As we uh, get you ready for Giants and Eagles tonight, we look ahead to uh, the other games tomorrow. Maybe the better games tomorrow. Really, I mean, uh, we've got the local angle with the Giants. And uh, I'll save my pick for what I think that game, how that game will play out. But uh, between the point spreads, you'd say that the two games tomorrow are expected to be closer than the two games today. But uh, let's go back to the phones here. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. William is in New Jersey. He has an issue with something I said that sometimes does happen. William, what's going on, my friend? Hey, how's it going, man? Uh, I just wanted to know, for, well, first time, first time, long time. I just wanted to know who would be a bigger bust, uh, the Buffalo Bills if they don't make it or the 49ers? Oh, no, definitely the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills coming into the season after the, the, the last couple of years and, and, the, and the, on the path that they are on, they are expected to not just get to a Super Bowl, but when, anything short of a Super Bowl title this year for the Bills will be a, a disappointment. All right. Uh, yeah, you can't be listening to the radio, William. You're going to get it all screwed up because of the delay there, pal. But, uh, yeah, William was uh, also uh, was asking, uh, I thought, before we lost him there, uh, how would it be a bust if the, if the 49ers don't win this year? Oh, I mean, the 49ers are the number two seed. You're the number two seed in any conference. You're expected to go win a Super Bowl that year. The, the Niners have been in Super Bowls here recently. Uh, they've won, what, 11 in a row? And they are loaded. Uh, for all the talk about how talented the Eagles are, the Niners, I mean, <laughs> they, they had uh, Elijah Mitchell catch a touchdown. You're like, oh, God, they're right. They still have Elijah Mitchell. I mean, they got Debo, and they got the tight end, and they got the fullback, and they got Christian McCaffrey. I mean, you don't go and make a trade for a, uh, a running back like C- Christian McCaffrey just to maybe have a little bit of a playoff run. No, you think that's the, the final piece of the puzzle. That's what you're expecting. So, no, the, the, the Niners are one of those teams. The, the Bills are one of those teams. I think the Bengals are one of those teams, too. You know, after coming up so close last year and, and missing out, um, anything short of a Super Bowl title will be a little disappointing. Eagles, certainly one of those teams. That's, that's the deal that happened last week. You know, if you're playing in the, in the opening round of the playoffs and, and you win, some, there are some teams where that's, that alone makes it a successful year. For the Giants last week, winning that game it's clinched a, a successful year. For the Jaguars, winning that game clinched a successful year. But there's other teams that have loftier goals, and one of those teams is the Chiefs, and I should tell you, they've started the second half, and Patrick Mahomes is back at quarterback, so we'll just see how, if at all, he is uh, impacted by the ankle injury that uh, sidelined him for a part of the first half. And I'll, I'll tell you, it looks like, I've only seen a couple of plays here, it looks like he's moving okay, but uh, we'll keep an eye on that. And if he gets, if the Jags get any more pressure on him, right? All right, let's hit the music for the NFL, people. It's time for our picks. It is now 6.07. We're a little late for it. Do we have any NFL music? Well, what do we, there we go. Whether we got the music or not, the picks are coming. And, and which picks, you might be asking? Are these just some run-of-the-mill picks? Are these just things that I threw a dart at a dartboard to try? No. These are the award-winning NFL picks of the Gordon Damer Show, the most accurate NFL picks of any host on the station this year, as documented by the Cover 5 app all season long. Love that, Cover 5 app. Should I run down where everybody finished again? I don't have it off the top of my head. All you need to know is I finished in first. I've heard some people say, well, you only finished 90th. It doesn't matter where I finished. 
I finished in front of all the people I was competing with. doesn't matter if you ran the fastest marathon. Who cares if you ran the fastest marathon? It's only did you win the marathon. That's all that matters. And I won the marathon. And that's not debatable. So let's get it. We had a very strong start to the postseason last week with Wild Card Weekend. Four and two. Uh, seven games to go in the season. That's it. Now, I gave you this one already. I said I was on uh, the Jags plus uh, the nine and a half. So I'm not going to I'm not going to run this one down again. But I think, as I said before, I think that last week what it was about was separating the frauds from the real teams. Vikings, clearly frauds. Out. Chargers, frauds. Can't rely on them. Can't trust them. Can never believe in the Chargers. The char- Charger fans, they should have to wait until the team, if they ever win a Super Bowl, until like 10 minutes after the Super Bowl victory, the, the clock is zero to believe it because those th- those guys, they're, they're complete frauds. The Ravens, no Lamar Jackson. There's no way they can compete. So they're out. Dolphins are out. Uh, and as great as that Jag second half was, their first half was a disaster last week. So uh, nice to see they're, they're putting up a little bit of a better performance this week. But let's get on to the real meat of it, right? The game's still to be played. The Giants, the Eagles, Giants plus seven and a half. And as I mentioned in the open, this game to me, it really kind of comes down to Jalen Hurts. How healthy is he really? I know they say he's healthy. I know they say he practiced. I know he's not on the injury report. But it's very hard for me to believe that he needed the amount of time to recover from the injury, and it just so happened to be the amount of time he had. Oh, wow, look at that. He's, he's, a, he's ready to go. He has played one game in a month. That, to me, is a, is a major part of it. And, and there is no reason that this game should be close. It should not be close. For all the talk about, oh, it's very hard to beat three, uh, the same team three times in the season. No, that really comes down to talent. Generally, the team does. The team that is good enough to beat the team, the other team, twice in a season, they can generally beat the team three times in a year. And the Eagles, there's no question. The Eagles, even Giant fans, will tell you the Eagles roster is far more talented. You've lost to them. The Giants have lost the Eagles 11 of the last 13 games, 16 of 20. The Giants have not won at the link since 2013. I told you earlier, last time the Giants won in Philadelphia, their leading running back that day was Peyton Hillis. So what am I telling you? I'm telling you that there's no way the Giants are going to be able to compete. But the problem is they're the Giants. If you put any other team in this situation, I would say, nah, the Eagles, they're going to put it together. They're going to find it away. But the, the Giants, that's the rub of this whole thing. The Giants are able to pull off miracles. They're able to pull off games that they shouldn't win. Things just so happen. They get no calls on, on pass interference against Washington. They get, they get the easiest playoff opponent to face like they did last week in, in, in Minnesota. And we know what the blueprint generally is for the Giants. It is keep the game close for a half, make some adjustments, go out there, out-execute the other team in the second half. And I do think this game will be close for a half. But I'm not a Giant fan. I have not lived that life. I can't experience, even trying to put myself in those shoes, I have not walked in those shoes. So for me, after much debate, I don't like the hook. Give me the Eagles plus the seven and a half. There just feels like there's people are getting carried away. You know, to hear that the Giants, that this Giants team is like 2007. I get it. If you're a Giant fan, of course you would think that way. But 
it come from people that are not Giant fans. And it feels, it, it's almost like, guys, can we slow down? They beat Minnesota. We all knew Minnesota was frauds. And all they did was they handled their business against Minnesota, a team that did not make a stop basically the entire day. So, yes, you give credit to Daniel Jones, but you also have to point out Minnesota is terrible. They are frauds. They were frauds the entire time. We were saying they were frauds. It wasn't like some deep dive to figure out that they were frauds. Oh, I don't like this aspect or that aspect. You know, their third down defense is not. No, they, they were frauds the whole year. So give me Philadelphia minus the seven and a half. Let's move on to Sunday. Bengals, Bills, Buffalo minus five and a half. I brought this up to Larry during the week. You watch the Bills at times and you think to yourself, is this really it? Is it this is the team that everybody's thinking is going to win a Super Bowl this year? It feels like at times they're too reliant on Stephon Diggs. They don't really have a running game outside of Josh Allen. Last week, I mean, they almost lost that game last week. They were not crisp. They blew a 17-0 lead. They trailed in the third quarter. They got another 10-point lead. Almost gave that up. Very sloppy. And, and sloppy in the game as well. Sloppy with their own performance. Dawson Knox dropping that touchdown. They had another deep pass. I can't remember the receiver's name. It was not Diggs. It was another guy. Uh, he dropped the ball. And they, they did move the ball at will. They did put up 30 point, uh, 34 points, even with all the turnovers. I said the, the Eagle game comes down to um, comes down to Jalen Hurts and his health. This game, another shocking development, it really comes down to Josh Allen's turnovers. Last week, I think part of it was it was a sloppy performance that partly it was Miami, but I also felt like they the Bills knew that they could score on Miami. So he was a little bit more careless with the ball than he ordinarily will be. This still feels like a field goal game to me. So I'm going to take the Bills to win the game, but not to cover. I'm going to take the Bengals to cover, plus the five and a half. I don't like betting against Joe Burrow in the playoffs, uh, and it would not shock me if the Bengals took out the Bills in this game. They have to play significantly better than they did a week ago. And sometimes it's it. I brought this up with the Eagles. Expecting a team to just flip a switch at some point is generally a mistake, but I think that the Bills, I don't think that they really have to flip the switch as much as just have to clean up some sloppiness from a week ago, and I think that they will at home, and they'll get the win, but not cover. Feels like a field goal game. So then we get to uh, the, the, the final game of the divisional round of the playoffs. And, and sometimes your heart tells you one thing, your head tells you another one. I really want to pick the Cowboys. But the thing about these picks, I can't deal with sitting on my couch watching these games and hating myself any more than I already hate myself and, and thinking something all week and then going against. I really feel like the Cowboys should be able to go into San Francisco and, and, and take down the Niners. And if there's ever going to be a time where Brock Purdy looks like a rookie, this is the time that it would happen. Like Brock Purdy, here's the teams that Brock Purdy has beaten, right? Miami, Tampa, Seattle twice, Washington, Vegas, and Arizona. Miami's defense on D DVOA, 15th, Tampa 13th, Seattle 21st. Washington was top 10, but Vegas was 31st, Arizona was 24th. Dallas is second. Dallas is a really good defense, will get after the passer, can make you make mistakes. And... 
I feel like that they will have the ability to make some plays in this game, and it would not shock me if Dallas wins, but I can't pick them. So I'm going to take Dallas plus the points and think that the Niners will win. I don't like also the fact of one versus two in both conferences. That never happens. So give me Dallas minus the points, and I'm actually going to be pulling for Dallas. And I'm sick of the Niners. Let the, let the Cowboys fans get a little further up the mountain before they experience the pain and misery and, and anger of, of losing. They deserve it. They've been waiting around a long time. They finally got a playoff win last week. And I'm sure if they ever got another playoff win this week, they'd be just like the Giant fans without the uh, life experience. So there you go. Those are the award-winning NFL picks from the Gordon Damer Show for the divisional rounds of the NFL playoffs. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we'll get into the Knicks a little bit. Have not touched on the Knicks any. And uh, Lord knows we got to touch on the Knicks because things are going sideways. So we'll do that next. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Large part of our focus today, of course, has been on the Giants as they get ready for the Eagles. We've talked a lot on the uh, on the Jets as well, with everything going on with them. I, we know I didn't even get to the uh, the, the part about uh, the athletic article this week, the, that big uh, write up by uh, Zach Rosenblatt about uh, how things have uh, you know, kind of went sideways uh, for the Jets this year and the, the situation between Zach Wilson and the team and the locker room and, and Robert Sala and all that type of stuff. And I, I think that part of that article, I think, I think a lot of people thought that that article made Zach Wilson look really bad, and I guess it did because anytime the team is basically celebrating when you're getting demoted, that's not a great look for you. But I think we kind of already knew that. To me, that article also made Robert Sala look really bad. It was almost presented from the point of view of, oh, you know, he, he was putting out fires all year. He was, he was hamstrung by a quarterback who had lost his confidence. He was, he was kind of hamstrung by an offensive coordinator who was frustrated. The players were openly frustrated. That, well, that, you're a head coach. It's your job to put out all those fires. <laughs> every coach is putting out fires every single week. And, and maybe if you're worried about the the quarterback who's lost his confidence, maybe having the players keeping them in check a little bit so that they're not openly expressing their frustration on the field for everyone to see or printing up T-shirts celebrating the the, the, the backup quarterback finally getting his chance – Maybe that might be something that the head coach has got to take part of. It's not like he's powerless against it. That That's part of his job. It's not, again, head coach. It's not It's not about just drawing up some plays on the sidelines or, or, or taking part of taking care of your part of the team, defense, offense. It's, it's the whole thing. So I don't know, man. I, I just came away from that article looking at Robert Sala. Like, you know, this guy might not be a head coach. And, and trust me, there was more than enough stuff, especially down the stretch of the season. They would have you questioning whether or not the guy was the head coach. But that that article was not uh, – I know that the main takeaway was about the quarterback, but we already knew all that about the quarterback. I mean, what what more really needs to be said about the quarterback? To tell Is there anything that we've uncovered already to tell us that the quarterback's not working out? That the team did not like him being the quarterback of the team? I think, I think that has been pretty well covered territory. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. We've got out to Buddha is in the Bronx. Buddha, what's going on, my man? Hey, what's going on, Gordon? What you got for me? 
All right, listen, um, you know, first I'll just say this, man. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember 92-3 WKTU. They had Al Bandero used to be on, and he used to have a term. He's like, oh, I'm sicker than a dog. That's how I felt when Patrick Mahomes got rolled up on. I mean, oh, my God. Yeah, that would be bad. Wow, that, that just changes everything. I mean, good. the whole thing. But he's yeah. back out he there, did, so he, he'll he, see. Yeah, but he, he doesn't look good, though. He doesn't look good. And maybe they should have stuck with Henny. You know, in case if you try to win this game, at least give him some rest on that ankle for next week. But anyway, you know, um, listen, man, you're talking about <laughs> the fires that Robert Sala had to put out. So your answer to those fires is to add kerosene. Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> oh, my God, bro, well, listen. I mean, Buddha, no matter who you go get, they're going to come with some issues. I mean, that guy, he walks in the door, he tells you what's up. And, and, and look, for an right. organization that's not been able to figure out what's up. But you know what, though? Listen, if you had a team ready-made with a lot of veterans, you know, and let's say they were just a quarterback away, I could understand them. First of all, I don't think he will come anyway. I don't think he wants to come to the Jets. I, there's no way you can convince me that he would want to do that. But when you got a team with all of these young guys, you got a coach who, let's be honest, I mean, we all know he's getting fired this year. The, the Jets are not a quarterback. They're not just a quarterback away. And the offensive line has been horrific. You know, and what are we expecting? Joe Douglas to get it right this year? I mean, come on. That's a bad matchup. And, and, and also, something that we have to admit, Aaron Rodgers has lost a couple of ticks. You know, when you watch them play, you know, it wasn't all those other guys uh, that were having problems this year. That has the potential to be a disaster. I mean, who's the team going to listen to? Robert Sala or Aaron Rodgers? I mean, come on. I don't see that working out in any way, shape, or form. So so what's the answer? The answer is the Jets have to really understand where they are as a franchise. You're not a quarterback away. You probably don't have the coaching staff to get things done. Okay, You're gonna bring they, in, I mean, they're keeping uh, the coach. No, well, no, no, listen. What who's they the have quarterback to... they're going to get that's going to give them the best chance to make the playoffs next year? Because otherwise, if they don't make the playoffs next year, they're all out. You know what? I, I think you know, I think it's all gratuitous. I don't even know if you bring Aaron Rodgers in and he gets you to to the playoffs. Now, obviously, I don't want Jimmy G. You know, he's injured all the time. All right, I agree. Derek Carr might be Derek Carr might be okay, but mm. what I think, honestly, the Jets and this is just problem, Gordon. They're always looking at the right now, and that's why you can't build a franchise. Preferentially, I would take Derek Carr. You know, I don't love him either. But what you do with him is you have him hold the fort. They have to figure out how to draft somebody, and they have to figure out how, all right, we're going to sit this guy for a little while, he's going to learn, and then he's going to take the job from Derek Carr, not be hand-spoon-fed. I mean, they're not a quarterback away, Gordon. I'm telling you. I know this team front to back. Buddha, I don't disagree with you, but the owner says he's willing to spend for the missing piece of the quarterback. And, and, and whether right. or not they're a quarterback away, that's the number one thing they got to solve this offseason, and they have to make the playoffs this next year. So they got to right, go Gordon, out and I don't solve it. Gordon, I don't work in the NFL. I want to ask you a question. I want you to speak from the heart. Who do you trust to make a better move for the Jets, me or Woody Johnson? <laughs> well, no, that's not even close. I, I trust you more. 
I trust you more. Well, then there you go. So we have, I mean, they're not going to do it. This viewpoint, everything I'm saying to you right now is all moot. They're not going to do it. They're going to screw, they're going to sign Jimmy G. I know this was going to happen. And we all know what's going to happen. He's going to play eight games. He's going to get hurt. Salah's going to get fired. The thing is, is where the Jets are as a franchise. It's sad to say. And I know Sean Payton isn't coming, but I do understand where people's thought process are of wanting a guy like that. And I think he's a tad bit overrated, too. But what the Jets are as a franchise is where they were when Leon made that statement. I'm an old man. I want to win now. They've got to bring somebody in here who has championship-level experience as a coach, who has uh, ties to somebody. I, I guess you could keep Joe Douglas if you want. I would prefer to move on from him, too. Bring somebody in here who really knows how to build a team but can also look Woody Johnson in the eye and say, I am not taking this job until you take two steps back. That's the only way this is going to get fixed, bro, and you know it. Well, look, Buddha, and I appreciate the phone call. Always good thoughts from Buddha in the Bronx. Um, I, I agree. I can see where you're coming from, but they're not blowing it up. They're not. You want them to take two steps back. They're not taking two steps back. They're in for next year, and that's the only step that they're getting for this group here. And it's not just for Robert Sala. I, I mean, absolutely, it should it should go the same for for Joe Douglas. I mean, this is what year four now. If you're not making the playoffs in year four. You already blew the quarterback thing. Now you're now you you're having to do patchwork on the quarterback. Somebody like when was the last time some team went out and traded for a quarterback and it, and it all worked out great? I mean, that's what the Broncos thought that they were doing this past offseason. How'd that work out? And I agree with you. I don't think the Jets are just a quarterback away, but there's no more glaring need. If they can solve that thing, that will cover up a lot of the other issues surrounding the team if they can go out and solve that. I, I don't know that they can. But if you're if you if you're giving me the options and putting me in their position where I have to make the playoffs next year, there's no question I, I'm I'm playing for the top of the market. If I don't get the top of the market, so be it. I can always fall back and, and to me, Derek Carr is a nice piece. But you know what? For all the talk about all the weapons that he'll come to here with the Jets, he had more weapons when he was in Vegas. And how'd that work out? So I don't think Derek Carr's coming. I think that the more likely scenario is they go for Jimmy Garoppolo. But if I'm going into looking for a quarterback, competency at quarterback has never been easier to find. And that should not be the goal going into it. To me, the goal should be, where can I get a difference maker? Is there a difference maker available? And even if he has lost a step or two, if he's not the same guy that, 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 that Aaron Rodgers was when he was winning MVPs, to me, that I will still shoot with that more than Jimmy G or uh, Derek Carr or holding out hope that Lamar Jackson wants to come here or some other pipe trade. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. All right, it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Uh, we're talking a lot of football today, not just the Giants, who are getting ready for the Eagles. And I'm sure another another chapter in the long-storied miracle championship runs of the New York Giants as they get ready to take down the Eagles down in Philly. But we're talking about the Jets as well, with everything surrounding them. And, and there's one thing, <clears throat> before we go back to the phones, that I do want to hit on. You, you've heard that like the NFL is a copycat league you know, one team does one thing and other people follow suit. And 
And it would be very easy. Well, I wouldn't say very easy because I don't think that this will happen. But there is a there would be a temptation uh, of looking at what teams do in the postseason if you're not part of the playoffs. And looking at what teams do and saying, well, maybe we should do the same thing. If the Jets do anything during the playoffs, I don't think that they should take anything away from what Daniel Jones has done and what the Giants have done. They should not think to themselves, hey, you know what? Jones struggled for a long time. Jones was criticized for a long time. Everyone kind of counted him out. But the Giants, they stuck with him. And now they have their long-term solution at quarterback. They're getting ready for a new contract extension. And the future is bright at that. They've solved that position for the foreseeable future. That should, I hope that's not the takeaway for the Jets. And, and any comparison between Daniel Jones and Zach Wilson, it's not, it's not close. See, that's the problem with, that, with Zach Wilson is there's no other quarterback that you can really look at and say, well, look, this team, they overcame it with this guy like Jones or what uh, Miami did with Tua or anybody. Because when you compare Zach Wilson to anybody, he doesn't compare to Jones or Tua or any. He compares to Jamarcus Russell. He compares to Ryan Leaf. And Jones, even at his worst, even for all the criticism he did get, some of it right, some of it overblown, at his worst, he never lost the locker room like it's pretty clear by all indications that Zach Wilson did. So hopefully for Jet fans' sake, there's nobody with, and I don't think it is because all the things seem like they're going to hold on to them, but really, no matter what they say, there's no way any part of their long-term solution can be factoring in what Zach Wilson does. Like, there's no way they can go into this offseason and say, well, we need to get somebody simply who can compete with Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson will still have a shot at the, at the starting quarterback job next year. It, it, that cannot happen. Not even the Jets can do that. And I feel kind Think about all the different areas that can go. Not even the Jets could do that. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Giants, Jets on the table. Oh, I wanted to hit on the Knicks, too. Just quickly on the Knicks. Knicks have lost three straight. They've lost Mitchell Robinson now until, until February. And any time that these type of things happen, you know, Knicks seem like they're kind of slipping back here. They had a little bit of a run. They're back. They, they were up to, to sixth in the East and all that type of stuff. And you're, you're thinking to yourself, all right, well, look. I mean, uh, Randall's playing like an all-star. Jalen Brunson has been fantastic. All good things, right? Maybe that maybe the Knicks can can be part of not just the play-in, but the playoffs. They can get up to sixth in the East. If they can't be as good as the top five teams, maybe they can be better than the next five teams. They can be that sixth team. But now they've slipped back a little bit. I think they're now down to seventh or tied with the Heat or something along those lines. And I would just simply say to people that are thinking uh, about the Knicks now and, and, and feeling like, oh, things are slipping away, what do people expect with the Knicks? At no point, while the Knicks have been playing, if I told you before the season that we would be almost 50 games through the season and the Knicks would be in the conversation to be sixth in the East, if you don't look at that as, and sign for that immediately, immediately, what were your expectations for this team? There are pa- the, the, the various paths to being a contender in the NBA. There's not that many. You can tank, which we've all kind of said we don't want the Knicks to do. We don't want the Knicks just to simply tank. People are tired of that. The organization's tired of that. 
I think the owner is tired of that because he doesn't want the team to be a, a punchline, which the Knicks certainly would be if they were tanking and winning. You know, when they were winning 15, 16, 20 games a year, the Knicks were going to be a punchline. They're going to be uh, joked about. So let's take tank off the table. The next way you, you want to be able to land a superstar. Well, how do you land a superstar? You can't just expect one to come here out of the clear blue sky. That hasn't worked. So you kind of have to build something. And I think that this regime, they want to build something that's respectable, that's stable, but that's also flexible. They don't want to put all their eggs into one basket uh, for something that is not truly a difference maker. But every time the Knicks have like a, a bit of a downturn this year, it, it just goes to the same old things. Ah, oh, you can't win with Randall anyway. R.J. Barrett's not a superstar. You know, Tibbs' time is done. Look at this talent. Look at this roster. And you and look, I'm not telling you I agree with everything that Tibbs does, but l- look at this roster. Where do you where do you expect the Knicks to be? Do you expect the Knicks to be better? I get it. There's individual games that frustrate you. There's performances that frustrate you. The leads in the fourth quarter they frustrate you when they happen. But let's 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 bottom line it. Let's like the big picture. Where do you exactly expect the Knicks to be? Because I'll tell you, I still expect the Knicks to be a play-in team. If they're a play-in team this year, that's kind of what the the expectation should be until they can figure out a way, a path forward, to go out and get a real difference maker, and they don't become all that available all that often. Donovan Mitchell was a shot. There There was part of the fan base that wanted them to give up whatever. But if they gave up whatever... And they were only where the Cavaliers are as the fifth team in the, oh, well, see, they're not top four. They're not going to have home court advantage in the, in the first round. I mean, it's unbelievable. I would just simply say for the people that immediately complain about the Knicks when they have these down spells, what exactly were you expecting? Because this is, this is about as good as you should expect. Sixth or seventh in the East, that's about, that's meeting. I, I, th- I would think that that's them scraping up the, uh, against the ceiling of expectations. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Chris is in New Jersey. Chris, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Gordon. Chris. Uh, first of all, big, big fan. You're, you're even better when you're by yourself. So oh, I, I appreciate I love your shows appreciate when you're you. solo. Um, this idea that the Jets need to wait uh, for uh, – to, to somehow develop a, another quarterback and no, and uh, and plug someone in to hold down the fort is insane. They they have an elite defense right now. They have an elite corner, an elite receiver, an elite running back coming back next year. The guys on the O line that are coming back are good. They they have one big glaring hole, a, a quarterback. So they can get someone good. I say get Lamar Jackson. He would be awesome. He would love to have Garrett Wilson to throw to, I'm sure, and have Brees Hall behind him to, to run the ball. Plug him in there. We're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> all right, Chris. I appreciate all the kind words. I think and I appreciate the phone call. Uh, I think that uh, Chris is – Started to dip into Saturday night. I was saying it was Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening. Uh, there's certain things that uh, come along on a Saturday night that I think Chris is starting to get involved in there. Uh, I don't know if they're going to go to a Super Bowl. I would disagree that they have all these elite areas of the team. I think the defense is good. Uh, it's it's, it's so far better than the offense. I will grant you that. But 
when when push came to shove, that elite that elite defense got pushed and shoved all over the field down the stretch of the season. So I wouldn't go so far as to say they are elite, but no, the, the Jets don't have the time, man. This regime does not have the time. Because they blew it on the quarterback, everything now is sped up. Nobody is going to want another year of excuses. It, the, the, the time for excuses is over. You have to make the playoffs next year. How do you make the playoffs next year? Well, you make the playoffs by fixing the most glaring hole, the biggest offensive need that you have, which is a quarterback. And to me, if I'm looking at the landscape, and, and, and look, who knows? Maybe there are guys that would be available that I don't know about right now. But of the guy, if you give me the list of guys of Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo and 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 the pipe dream of Lamar Jackson or, or or Aaron Rodgers, to me it's not even close. Go get me Aaron Rodgers, plug him in. He'll take care of the offense. Just do what he says. That's that's the offense. Just do what he says. And I'll tell you right now, that might not sound like a winning plan. It's far better plan than they've had in a very long time. Anytime you can go out and get a guy who, when he walks in the door, is the best guy you've ever had at the position, go get that guy. Go get that guy. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Don't stop believing that nine and a half, baby. Yeah! The Jaguars are in. Touchdown there. It's a three-point game out in Kansas City as uh, the Jags try to uh, rally here. Patrick Mahomes back in there, but he has not looked like the same Patrick Mahomes. But uh, Jaguars making a challenge. Trevor Lawrence, 37-0 on Saturdays. Could he pull off another win? And not look, a win would be great, but I'm not on the money line. I got nine and a half, people. So let's see if uh, how this one comes out. About uh, 12 minutes to go there, fourth quarter. Obviously, the focus today has been on the Giants. And uh, their big matchup against the Eagles tonight. And uh, my thoughts are the, the Giant fans all week, they've shown a level of confidence that for the outsider would seem delusional, right? Feels like uh, Giant fans are getting carried away. This is not 2007. But again, as I said, in life, when there's disagreements, see, this is, this is the, the thing with me because I can bring people together. When someone, you have, uh, you're arguing with somebody or you have somebody that disagrees with you, you have to put yourself in their shoes. So when you put yourself in the shoes of a giant fan, of course, when, when all you've experienced in life is, is charmed wins and miracle performances and incredible playoff victories that come out of nowhere, why would you not expect that to be the case? Why would you not expect that to happen to you every single time, right? As I made the comparison earlier in the show, the, 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 jet, the, the giant fan they're like the guy, they're like the character on the, um, on the TV sitcom where there might be some ups and downs, but by the end of the half hour, everything kind of works out okay. They're Joey Tribbiani. Hey, how you doing, right? Everything works out okay. There's no tragic storylines. Now, Jet fans, there's plenty of tragic storylines. The, the Jet fan is much more like a Jesse Pinkman experience, much more that type of road. But that's not the Giant fan, so... We'll see how the Giants do tonight. Certainly uh, big stuff there. Uh, you know, speaking of, uh, we used to do a segment on the Saturday show, Net Picks and Chill, where I would, get, I would review uh, movies, TV shows, whatever I was watching outside of sports. We've kind of gotten away from that. Yeah, what happened to that, man? I, I, there just hasn't been enough good stuff to watch. But now with the Oscars not too far away, I've kind of gotten back into watching some movies. I watched two movies this week. I've actually kind of gone down a wormhole of horror movies. It's been uh, a flush of horror movies that I've wanted to watch. So I watched uh, The Menu, 
Ray Fiennes, John Leguizamo, the, 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 the actress from that chess show that was on Netflix for a while. I don't remember the name of it. Uh, but maybe it was a movie on. It was about chess. I mean, how, right. uh, you know the one I'm talking about, right? She's in it. Uh, the movie, The Menu, it was okay. It definitely seemed like a ripoff of the uh, director, Ari Oster. I don't know if anybody knows Ari Oster. He directed uh, Hereditary, which if there was a heavyweight championship belt for the scariest movie, they would be the champ right now. Until somebody like over, oversteps it or, or, or takes the title away, Hereditary is the scariest movie I think I've ever seen in my life, but it's certainly the defending champ. Uh, that's an Ari Oster movie. Um, Midsommar was another one of his. The menu feels like somebody ripping off his thing. But it was okay. It was all right. It, it kept me entertained. It kept me thinking. After it was over, I was thinking about it for a little while. Then I watched a movie called Barbarian, which has gotten a lot of buzz because it's supposed to be so scary. So I turned it on. I don't know if anybody else has seen this movie. I know uh, Chantel has certainly not. Never even heard of it. But I turned it on, and for the first five, ten minutes, it, it sucked me in. I really liked the, the story it was telling. It was, it was definitely intriguing. It's about a woman who shows up to an Airbnb, and it, it happens to be uh, double booked, and then weird things start happening. Okay, I, I got gotcha. you. I feel it. Half hour in, I'm good. Without giving anything away, as soon there's obviously an e I'll just say an evil entity. When the evil entity is revealed, it's so laughably bad, I found myself giggling at it. It, was, it might be the worst evil entity. And, and look, I get it. Coming up with evil entities when there, there's been a, more than enough horror movies, you know, how many times can you do zombies, right? It's not zombies. But, oh, my, when, the, when the evil thing gets displayed, oh, it's so bad. I can't believe that they came. This, this is what we're doing. You have to see it just to see what the evil entity. It's so horrendous. And it was, it was scary. It was sucking me in. I was getting a little, you know, a little, a little goosebumps, a little feeling uneasy. But then the, the, <laughs> it's so bad. It's, 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 uh, it's comical. It's absolutely comical. All right, let's squeeze in a couple more calls here before the uh, the top of the hour. Islander hockey coming your way. Let's go out to Douglas and Yonkers. Douglas, go, my man. Hey, what's going on, Gordon? How you doing? Hey, Doug, what's going on? All right, so uh, if you will, can you put on your GM hat for me? Sure. All right, so assuming that Lamar Jackson gets uh, franchise tagged by the Ravens, what are you willing to give up to go get him if you're the if you're the Jets? Well, I mean, the first guy, as I mentioned before, I would be much more interested in Aaron Rodgers. I think that Aaron Rodgers comes in. It's a ready-made situation. With Lamar Jackson, I, you know, I know that people feel like he was held back in Baltimore, and now with the offensive coordinator being out, I think that he is going to have clearly a say on who the next offensive coordinator is. So I think he's going to stay there. So my focus, if I were the Jets GM, would be much more on Aaron Rodgers. That would be the first one. And until I get told no there, I'm sticking on that. I have, like, Brett Favre deja vu from, with Aaron Rodgers. You yeah, know what I, mean? I like, hear you. Both, I hear you. Both and guys thanks are, for the phone call. The, We're running out of time. Of so career. I'll say thanks for the call. Um, yeah, I, I get it. Uh, you've been down that road before. But, I mean, you were 8-3 and three with, with him as the quarterback. I mean, that's much as true. Subi is in Midtown. Subi, go quickly, my friend. i got less than a minute. Hey, Gordon, I know there's uh, offensive linemen in the draft. There's tight ends. Why don't we just get a veteran wide receiver while we're at it? Adam Thielen. 
And then also, I just wanted to say, uh, with the offensive coordinator, why not the Baltimore ex Baltimore offensive coordinator, Greg Roman? That's all I got to say. Well, look, if you're going to go Greg Roman, I mean, it seems like he is much more of a run-heavy system. There is a scenario if if the Bears were serious about trading Justin Fields, go get Justin Fields and get Greg Roman, and then go to the playoffs every single year. I mean, that 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 is certainly an appealing way. I'm looking more top end where I don't have to do as much work. And to me, Aaron Rodgers is the clear number one on that list. All right, that's going to do it for today. Thanks to Chantel. Thanks to Jacob, of course. Thanks to all the callers. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.